hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with all and with your spirit. The reading is from the Gospel according to St. John. Let us be attentive. Glory to you, Lord. Glory to you. At that time, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe you shall see greater things than these? And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open. And the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Glory to you, O Lord. Glory to you. Peace be to you who reads the good tidings and do all the people. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we celebrate on this, the first Sunday of Great Lent, the Sunday of Orthodoxy. And I wanted to just share some things with you regarding that. First, I want to say just a, a couple of things about icons. To depict Jesus Christ as an image or in an icon really bears testimony to the incarnation that God became flesh and that he was not some sort of an apparition. Icons of the saints bear testimony that man who is created in the image and likeness of God has been given the capacity to become holy and godlike through the purification of himself as the living image of God. The use of icons, though, within the life of the church goes back probably in, even to the first century where we know that St. Luke the Evangelist had written an icon of the Mother of God. However, there was a period of time somewhere between the early 8th century and the mid-9th century, nearly for 120 years, there was a great controversy that raged over the use of icons in the worship of the church, both within the, the services and even in the homes. One summarized it as following. The iconoclastic controversy had shaken the foundation of both church and state in the Byzantine Empire. Excessive religious respect and, 
and the ascribed miracles of icons by some members of society approached the point of worship and idolatry. This instigated excess at the other extreme by which icons were completely taken out of the liturgical life of the church by the iconoclasts. Those who were friendly to the icons, in other words, believed that icons served to preserve the doctrinal teaching of the church. They considered icons to be man's dynamic way of expressing the divine through art and beauty. And so it was the Seventh Ecumenical Council that finally decided on a doctrine by which icons should be venerated but not worshipped. And so the use of icons within the worship of the church was restored, but not after great loss in the church, including life. The connection of this event, though, the victory over iconoclasm within Lent, is purely a historical one. The first triumph of orthodoxy took place on this particular Sunday, the first Sunday of Great Lent. Also noteworthy of this remembrance is the procession of icons that we have at the end of today's service and the reading of what is called the Synodicon, which is really a confession of faith of sorts. The Sunday of Orthodoxy is not simply about the restoration of icons, however, but it also points to the victory of true belief and correct worship, which is the definition of orthodoxy. The Synodicon addresses both of these themes. And what we read after the service is just really a passage from the Synodicon, but not the Synodicon in its entirety because it's really a lengthy uh, writing. In the passage we proclaim Christ as true God, honoring His saints in words, in writings, in thoughts, in sacrifices, churches, and holy icons, and offering them proper veneration. And it's this proper veneration that I want to say a few words about. How do we properly venerate the saints? On one level, we chant hymns about them. We write books and icons of them. We name our churches and our children after them. We also commemorate them on the days they departed this life. And these are ways we express our gratitude to God for raising up saints in every generation. These are ways we honor those men and women who, through free will, live their lives in self-sacrificing ways, allowing divine grace to bring forth the likeness of God in them to shine before the whole world. But there's an even greater way to show proper veneration to the saints, and it can be summarized in the words of St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, Be imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ. In one sense, it's much easier to write a book or an icon to chant a hymn or to name a church or a child after a saint as a way to show them honor. It's much more difficult, however, to show honor by imitating them as they imitated Christ. Yet this is the most powerful and convincing way of giving proper veneration. We proclaim in the reading of the passage from the Synodicon, This is the faith of the apostles. This is the faith of the Holy Fathers. This is the faith of the Orthodox. And this is a correct proclamation. However, we must verify and prove what we proclaim with our lips to be true by the way we live our lives day to day and moment to moment in the relationships that we have with those around us. And how do we do that? 
Have you asked forgiveness after offending your wife or your husband or your child? Did you show mercy to the person who was in need last week? Were you patient with your friend, a co-worker, or your fellow student? Did you deny yourself something that brought you pleasure or happiness and give it to someone else? Are you holding on to a grudge because of what someone said or did to you? Did you insist on your own way about something instead of cutting off your will? Have you borne pain and suffering graciously, or have you complained and questioned God's ways? Did you push to have your own point made, or your voice heard to show you know something, or did you humble yourself and remain quiet? You see, we show proper veneration to the saints, and we honor and glorify our Father in heaven when we imitate their lives. We can chant hymns, we can make the sign of the cross, we can fast, we can go to the services of the church, all of which are good. However, these things will be of no value or benefit if we do not live what we proclaim. Of what value is it if we proclaim the truth and you not, do not show mercy or kindness or gentleness? Of what benefit is it to fast and not offer forgiveness, compassion, and love to others, both within our own homes and within society? So as we process with the holy icons today, remembering the historical events that took place so that we can have these beautiful images adorning our church walls and our homes, let us not forget that we are living icons, images of God, called to imitate the saints who imitated Jesus Christ our Lord. And in this way, we will truly bear testimony to the Orthodox faith. Amen.